Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host, Simone, and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. Today, we have with us Michael, and Michael, if you could introduce yourself and tell everybody how we met. Uh, Okay, so hello, everyone. I'm Michael. Uh, Simone and I met... Uh, in pretty classic Simone fashion, at a party. Uh, <laughs> it's at a party or a bar, right? <laughs> at a work at a work party. Uh, well, we were planning the party, I guess. We were part of uh, these social committees at our our offices when she used to work with me, uh, and we were basically stuck with a bunch of geezers trying to plan <laughs> a barbecue. They're fun geezers, uh, though. Very fun. <laughs> a lot, well, a lot more fun than most people our age. Really. <laughs> yeah, uh, and. We went to this barbecue and had a lot of fun. Went to our, our friend Phil's, went to his pool party and got trashed. And yeah. that is basically how we met. <laughs> yeah. So uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from the great state of Maine originally. The great uh, state of Maine. Yeah. As we like is to that call like it. The, the tagline for it or like you guys it's, just Well, made it that should up. be. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I made it up. Somebody <laughs> Uh, and came to D.C. by way of Massachusetts. Uh, I was in Mass for two years. And then uh, basically after graduate school, just came to the first place that offered me a job. True. Where else were you looking like? Oh, I played, or... I played everywhere. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I basically wanted to be in either D.C., Boston, uh, or Maine. Those were kind of like the three okay. targets. I mean... New York, I guess, but who doesn't want to be in New York? <laughs> me. <laughs> I think New York is too big for me. Like, I like D.C. because it's, like, a small enough city that you can, like, you know... Well, it's a bunch of uh, bunch of big neighborhoods next to each other, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So what do you find interesting? Oh, that's, like, a curveball question. It's a question. pretty loaded question. Yeah. yeah. Everybody keeps commenting on that. <laughs> well, it's just you get caught, caught off guard. Like, what if I have weird interests, but I don't want to just blurt it out? I mean... I don't. uh i I really like um learning i think learning is my Mm -hmm. my biggest interest uh what's your favorite thing that you've ever learned yeah what's your most favorite one of the favorite one of my most favorite things um well i really like learning about history uh i also like learning about economics and so the compound of the two would be economic history wow uh, it's a dense subject. <laughs> well, it's it's really not because it, it, to me it's interesting because uh, you know there's a lot of really valuable ideas that have gotten cast by the wayside in mm-hmm. economics that um, you know really help explain things better than modern economics does in my opinion. You know, old economists used to emphasize the role of power and how things happen, and now modern day economists basically ignore it. Oh, okay. uh, so that's you know it was fun to learn about how. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I think it was intentional. You know, economics intentionally cast out that element. But I don't know. I also like learning. learning, I've been learning Farsi, which has been really fun. Um, You know, who doesn't like to learn a language? Especially when you get to learn all the swear words first. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're lucky you have like a native speaker close to you. Right. That's true. Many. I mean, I have many, many Iranian friends, which is. Yeah, I've been trying to learn French for like. Well, you're fluent. I mean, four years, huh? You're fluent, basically. I mean, you have your phone in French, France. French. Yeah, I mean, like I know words, but I feel like I just haven't. I can't form sentences, but I can understand. You know, it's like I can't think in it, but I can understand it. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah. Are you better at speaking or, or listening? Um, I would say reading. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Reading is always <laughs> easy because you can go at your own pace. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is for Farsi, too. Because with Farsi, you have special, it's different alphabet. Okay, I so was about gotta, to say, like, yeah. do they have a different alphabet? Okay. Yeah, and you'd read right to left. Yeah. So, you know, you, reading is easier because you can go at your own pace. Yeah. But. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get to some um, questions. Oh, some, oh, I thought we already did. What's interesting? Yeah. Okay, all right. Meteor questions on the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, do you want to pick a number? A number? Yeah. From where to where? From one to, like, 80. Oh, that's a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, I'll, I'll do my age, 27. 27. Um, what's the deal breaker in a relationship for you? Oh, what the heck? Can I, what? Re- can I repick? Yeah, sure. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think 20, uh, uh, inability to, uh, or un- un- inability or unwillingness to communicate. Oh, okay. I think is a deal breaker. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. I don't really have many like um, prescriptive, prescriptive deal breakers for relationships because at the end of the day, all that matters is if you're happy and the other person is happy. That's true. Uh, and one, one of the biggest impediments to that is is inability to communicate. So, I've learned uh, that like, I mean, I guess it's like, it's like an obvious truth that we all learn, like talk about your feelings, you know, like. I statements. Hmm? I statements. Oh, yeah. Very important. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you guys have been together for like two years now? Uh, two years to the to the month. Oh, wow. Uh, which isn't super long, but... Yeah. Uh, it's long for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the longest one you've been in? The longest relationship I've been in. Two years and two months, so... Okay. That's, well, that I mean, given, given that you're t- 25, 26... 25. 25. Yeah. I should know this. Was that your birthday? Yeah, like three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty standard, I think, for a 25-year-old to two, yeah. two and a half years. It's been like two years since I've been in a relationship, though. Has it been? Yeah, makes that, yeah. yeah. Do you want to get married first, I guess, question? You know, I'm open to it. Uh, like I said, the, to me, the most important thing in a relationship is, are you happy and is the mm. other person happy? Uh, if people feel like, marriage would improve that for them then I guess so uh I just I mean if if I had to answer yes or no I would say yes I'd like Uh to get married um but what okay but I'm not I wouldn't be crushed if I didn't get married yeah (laughs) do you feel like if we were like in an earlier time you'd want to get married more like you'd have different feelings about that like do you feel like it's the time that we're in that like is like kind of like why you're like oh I'm okay with not getting married or is it like no I think how you it's grew just up or... um, well I mean we're all just outputs of our inputs to some extent you know like we yeah. have all these societal factors influencing us and some biological ones uh, I just feel like I don't know people I've just gained a lot of perspectives around the people around people that I've been with and it's not. Uh, I'm just not, I'm not opposed to marriage. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm also not gung-ho. Yeah. Just... I feel like when I was like younger, like when I was in high school and everything, I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting married. Like, and then like after high school, I was like, I really wouldn't care either way. So, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I just want to be happy and yeah. I want to be with someone who's happy and I'd like us to be happy together. I am right now. 
and I presume we'll, her and I will continue. <laughs> Are you to just be. saying that because she's she's going to listen to the podcast? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just I don't know. People make such a big deal of marriage, and it's not. You know. I, yeah. I mean, there's you know, legal and financial benefits to it. That's what I keep hearing, but I'm like, what are they like? Taxes mostly. Yeah, but like, are they that large that? Uh, well, the, I don't think actually after the Trump tax cuts, I don't think they're as large as they used to be. Okay. But, uh, and I, you know, there's two like, you know, if you'd ask me, do I want to spend the rest of my life with someone? I would say yes, I do. Yeah. But the institution of marriage is like, not necessarily like. A natural idea, I guess. You feel like humans aren't like naturally monogamous. I don't know if I would go that far. I just like, you know, the, you know, marriage just seems to be like, really unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, if two people are happy together, they'll stay together. Yeah. They don't need, they don't need the law to, to keep them together. So yeah, to dictate that. Well, I mean, some people do need the law to keep them together. <laughs> but then, if that's the case, then why are you together? <laughs> I guess the tax benefits. Yeah. <laughs> What's your dream job? I guess I'll, I'll answer it more generally. I'd like to make a difference. Okay. You know, no, what, no, no matter what I'm doing, I'd like to actually feel like my unique talents are being utilized to like improve something. Okay. Um, you know, whether it's... The world or like a system or... I mean, I guess if you had asked me, if I was 20 years old and you'd asked me, I guess I'd say the world. <laughs> but... Uh, even now, just to, I, you know, I used to do more activist-related work. I used to do more policy-related work. I used to do more political-related work. Um, and I used to do more research. And it's nice when you can use your skills in a way that can affect change somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's just at the city level yeah. or even at the neighborhood level. Um, but... Uh, you know, so far my experience working for, you're not going to find it there. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to make a difference being a cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is like the key to making a difference? Well, I think uh, just from a more job related perspective, I think um, working for a small organization can give you Like a, a nonprofit or something? Not necessarily nonprofit, just a small organization. Okay. I think you have a lot more opportunities to, a lot more opportunities for autonomy, a lot more opportunities to... You learn know, new skills, become a jack of more trades, I guess. Or use all of your skills if you True. if you yeah. are, if you already have them. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think passion is important. I think uh, if you, you know, you're probably doing a good job of affecting change if you're passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. Do you ever think about getting involved in politics? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I mean, it's. You know, I used to be. Well, I guess getting back involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be involved. I mean, I don't know if I explained this to you at all, but I used to do um, a lot of uh, research, advocacy, and and policy stuff around the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Um, In Portland, Maine, I got the opportunity to actually write the ordinance that ended up being, you know, signed into law. Oh wow! Or at least writing the first draft of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Changed. So your names are like somewhere in the history books? They are. They're, they're <laughs> embedded somewhere. In the great state of Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Portland, Maine. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was, that was really cool uh, to actually be able to, you know, have an impact on, on people's lives mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, and so, yeah, I would like to get 
I would enjoy getting involved in politics again for that reason. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I think people neighborhood politics or like neighborhoods, politics, city politics. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, deserve and want someone who's willing to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's for simple stuff, like I think a lot of people are sick of like the kind of politics that tries to placate everyone. Yeah. I think people realize that increasingly there are two different sides in society, people with power and people without, and that people without power want someone to get angry, Mm -hmm. uh, for them. So yeah, I would love to get involved in politics for that reason. But, uh, there are many, you know, in, in D, as ironic as it is in D.C., there aren't many opportunities to get involved in politics. Really? Because there's no state legislator in D.C. True, yeah. There's a city council, which mm-hmm. has, you know, nine seats. So that, those are basically the, the nine. two options, yeah. yeah. Or and the options. Yeah. And there's the advisory neighborhood councils, which do a lot of great work. But, you know, and I, you know, might get involved with those too. But, uh, you know, they don't pass legislation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of DC is like federal property too, so right. And yeah, there's no Congress people. I mean, we have um, Congresswoman Norton, but uh, she doesn't. She can't vote anything. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just we it, people's voices in DC gets gets snuffed out a lot because there's okay. no there's no formal avenue towards doing things other than the city council, mm-hmm. which you know it does a lot of great things, but it's kind of uh, because there's only nine seats. There's not a lot of opportunity for people who want to get involved. Yeah. So what do you think of um, AOC? Oh, she's awesome. That's like, I guess, the goal. That's what you would want to do, like, the type of politician you would want to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I could ever live up to someone (laughs) like that. I mean, she's, like, on a whole other level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she is so inspirational. Uh, And she's only, what, 29? Like, I think think she's 28... I don't know, I just watched the documentary Knocking Down the House last night. What is that? I should know this. Oh, it's this great... It, it talks about um, these three or four women who uh, challenged Democratic incumbents from the left. Okay. Um, I think she was the only one of them to win. Wow. But, uh, of the ones in the documentary. Yeah. Uh, but they... It's great. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it follows their campaign campaigns from beforehand. Like, they had some raw footage they edited into. Yeah, that's It's cool. really cool. Um on Netflix, I guess? It is on Netflix, Okay, yeah. we'll have to check it out. I'm, like, honestly, like, not that into politics. Um, I feel like it's increasingly important to get into politics, but it's, um, it's dense, let's say that. Dense? As a subject, yeah. I feel like, especially, like, legislation and stuff like that, you know? Oh, yeah, legislation gets complicated, but politics you know, isn't only about legislating. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not that, com- I mean, it is complicated, but also mm-hmm. it's like, it's so important. It's so crucial. Like yeah. to, it affects all of our lives and we affect it. Yeah. So what do you think needs to happen? That like, is it happening right now or something that's happening that needs to stop happening as far as like politics? Well, how about in, in D.C.? Um, maybe like D.C. specific? D.C. specific, but also just the United States. Okay. Let's, like, I guess we'll start with D.C. and then... All right, well, we can start with D.C. 
Um, so one thing you and I were chatting about earlier really bothers me. <laughs> I think it's really unfair is that there is this really great, well-intended subsidy program in Washington, D.C. for solar power. Uh, gives homeowners uh, basically free solar panels and, and labor. You know, this company will come out and they'll install solar panels at your house for absolutely free. However, they will only do it if you have a big enough house. And the money that they do it for comes from uh, basically Pepco. Mm-hmm. And Pepco obviously gets their money from ratepayers. Yeah. And so these solar panels are coming from people who are paying the Pepco energy rates. But the solar panels are only going to bigger houses, which means on average, it's going from, the money is coming from lower income houses to higher income houses because all things remaining constant, the bigger the house, the higher the person's income. Yeah. And so uh, I think, you know, that's not, and that, that's not regulation dictated. It's just that DC hands out these subsidies and these private companies will only do it if it's profitable. And it's only profitable for them to do it if you have a big house. Yeah. Uh, and so basically, you know, people with small houses, every month that they pay their utility bill to Pepco, a portion of that is going to some rich person in Northwest who, wants, getting, to, yeah. who wants to have a bunch of free solar panels mm-hmm. in house, even though they're not the ones who need them in the first place. So um, I would say that DC should just cut out the middleman and, and buy the solar panels and do the installation themselves yeah. instead of going through this... Uh, contractor system that has the profit motive that ends up resulting in a very regressive policy because yeah. it's taking, you know, one federal tax revenues and two ratepayers from lower income households and funneling it into higher income households. Do you notice um, like other things like in DC that are kind of structured that sort of way? Oh, I mean, where could you start? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So the circulator. You're familiar yeah. with the circulator, right? Yeah, it's like the $1 bus that like goes around. Oh, it's not $1. It's free. Oh, really? The circulator is free. Oh. Do you know who pays for the circulator? No clue. DC taxpayers. Mm-hmm. All of us. You yeah. pay for it. I pay for it. Everyone here east of the Anacostia River pays for it. Mm-hmm. But do you know where the circulators go? <laughs> around north, north. I guess. The, the rich neighborhoods and the touristy neighborhoods. Yeah. So that's another thing where basically the tax revenues of poorer people are flowing into wealthy neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that they should extend, that they should keep the circulator system free, but they should extend it to east of the river. Yeah. Um, and not just to Hillcrest. I've seen a couple circulator buses, but... East, of, I don't think there are any that go to the east of the river. I think there's, oh man, my grandma was talking about this. There used to be one. There yeah. used to be one, but they stopped it. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about bringing it back. But the only neighborhood they're talking about bringing it back is the rich neighborhood. Yeah. They're talking about bringing it to Hillcrest. Yeah. But they should bring it to, to everywhere east yeah. of the river and all neighborhoods in D.C. I mean, a lot of things are, like, changing. Like, um, I noticed that, like, Fort DuPont, they, like, redid the roads, finally. Oh, yeah. They can drive yeah. through there now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure if that's... That might be federal. I'm not sure. Yeah, that national is federal, park. though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but I was just, like, things are... Like, I don't know. I'm, like, starting to notice, like, on this side of the river, like, just small things that are changing. That are like... Oh, it's changing, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely is. Um, How do you feel about like the whole like don't mute DC situation? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's all good. All good. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah. I, I would add, though, that, like, you know, the Don't Mute DC about, like, DC culture is super awesome. It should also be Don't Mute DC as in, like, don't push people out of their homes so that, because that's where the root of the culture is, is, like, yeah, people's people. neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you're pushing those people out of their homes, but you're keeping the music, you know, the root of the culture has already been pushed out. Yeah. Do you listen to go-go music at all? No. Or have you? No. I don't. Yeah, me either. I don't. I don't, I don't know much about it. I should learn more <laughs> about it. But it's from here. Yeah. It should stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about the United States? What do you think needs to change in this, um, this country? I mean... <laughs> working, I mean, so... Uh, one, our healthcare system is disastrous. I think mm-hmm. without a doubt... We need a Medicare for all single, single, well, I think ultimately we need an entirely nationalized healthcare system because uh, the profit motive just does not belong in healthcare. In well being, people's well being. Yeah, yeah, at all. It doesn't belong in the hospitals, it doesn't belong in the insurance companies, it mm-hmm. doesn't in bar, belong in the pharmaceutical companies. Profit and healthcare just don't mix. It does not result in an, an efficient economic mm-hmm. outcome. Uh, but for starters, for an incremental approach, I would say, at the very least, we should not, insurance should not exist as a concept. We should just have a, a single payer system. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I also, uh, our tax system is horrendous. I would say that we should have a, a maximum income, not just a minimum income. I think we should have a maximum income. I don't think it makes any sense for people to be making millions of dollars when there are people sleeping on the streets. Yeah. So that's true. I would say. Any income over half a million should be taxed at a hundred percent rate. Marginally, I mean, marginally, marginally. So <laughs> you saw my eyes like get big, and like I understand that. But marginally, like, so yeah. people would earn up to five hundred thousand, yeah, and then it would all be taxed after that, yeah. over that amount. That would I don't know. I get like weird feelings about like how that kind of thing. Like I don't know if there should be a maximum. I mean, like there's no reason that you need all that money, but like if you're making all that money, you shouldn't be penalized for making all that money. But are, are they making the money or are their workers making the money? True. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't know if you heard about, like, the billionaire that just, um, like, paid off all the student loans for the graduates of Morehouse for 2019. I mean, that's awesome that he did that. Yeah. But, like, how but often people, does that happen? I mean, Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Like, people are, like, up in arms about that because it's like, oh, that's, he's a billionaire and that's what he should be doing. You know, yeah. but it's also like he's is doing it like, I don't know, like there should be a choice of what you do with the money that you own. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yes, but also we live in a society. We're all members of society and people shouldn't be able to use money shouldn't equal power. Yeah, that's you true. Know, if, if you earn a little bit more than the average person, then yeah, sure. Maybe you deserve a slightly nicer house or a slightly nicer, nicer car, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't be able to earn so much money. That yeah. you can change you the are way basic, of society. Yeah, it, yeah. You shouldn't be able to to control society because you're rich. Yeah. I'm just like thinking a lot now. I'm just like, cause like money, it's obviously just like a completely arbitrary like something that holds value, you know, and like how it means so much to us. But like, well, it's it's it's. I mean, yeah, it's socially constructed, but money is is in financial systems are very complex systems of power uh, at, at the root, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Power and, and debt and credit keeping. Yeah. Um, and, 
yeah, it's, it's I like, think we've talked about things like this before. Like, I think you've like, um, taken the side of communism, right? Well, I mean, or socialism at least. Communism is, is like, you know, what does that even mean? You know, there, you know, is, is USSR the only example of communism? Mm-hmm. If that, if that's what communism means, then obviously communism is an abject failure. Yeah. But there are other conceptions of communism. Uh, you know, it's an experiment and there hasn't, you know, really been a concrete definition of what that means yet. I would say I, I, I think Karl Marx had a lot of great ideas mm-hmm. and there are a lot of ideals that we should aspire to. And I think that to think that capitalism is the end of history is a little absurd. Mm-hmm. To think that we went from, you know, despotism to feudalism to capitalism, and then that's just it. We're done. Like, there's yeah. going to be no economic system after that. Of course, there's going to be... I mean, be capitalism more. is, like, destroying the world. It's so. awful. It's awful. <laughs> so, obviously, we need to come up with an alternative. Yeah. Is that alternative something like what the USSR did? Mm-hmm. Probably not. That was, like, pretty messed up. I mean, you know, they slaughtered millions of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it, it, there's got to be something better than what we have now. Yeah. Um, you know, you can look at certain models that have worked at the small scale, uh, like what happened. Uh, are you, do you do you know Basque? Basque no. Spain. Uh, so it's a little region of Spain that is like um, it's almost like its own. It's quasi independent, so it's technically part of Spain, but they basically function on their own. Okay. Um, kind of like how Barcelona is in Spain too. You know, mm-hmm. they've got a very independent government. The, Federal government of Spain and the state government of or the provincial government of Basque don't really interact very much. Yeah, Basque is some people would argue the first successful communist state. Okay, they basically all work for the same institution, but they all vote on like who they want their supervisors to be, how much of their profits they want to go towards wages, what they want to do with the profits, how much of their wow. profits should go towards building new schools, how much of. Uh, you know, how much should go towards research developments, all the workers vote on mm-hmm. these collectively. And they've kind of got this democratic slash republic system of governance over the corporation, yeah. um, which is, um, you know, better than what we have here. Yeah. How large is um, that region? Uh, so the region, it's relatively small. So it's, it's only at the small scale. Yeah. Um, but they, they employ about 100,000 people. Okay. Uh, so it's the size of a city, basically yeah. a small city, mm-hmm. um, and it works. Works really. You know, they compete internationally. They sell things internationally all over the world to Microsoft and other companies. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think there are al- alternatives to capitalism, um, but we need to figure out what those are. Mm-hmm. What's your first suggestion? I mean, it, for the United States. I mean, I think in the current time, I think. In the United States, the the best we can hope for is something like democratic socialism, something mm-hmm. that like Bernie Sanders talks about, something that Alej- Alexandria Ocasio Cortez talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that shouldn't be the goal, but it should be you know the incremental next step. Yeah, what do you think the goal should be? We don't know, but it's not what we have now. <laughs> I mean, it should be a society in which workers get what they. Uh, that they deserve. Yeah, uh, I feel like be... it's only like at a small scale that that works. Like you know, like for like maybe a city like DC. I mean, it's still kind of like a really large compared to like Basque. Um, right, right. But I think that we should work in smaller communities in general. Like, yeah. 
But I think we didn't, we can agree that what we have now isn't working. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> there is a human more humanitarian system out there, and it's up to us to figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. Do you pay attention to horoscopes at all? No. No, not at all. No, not at this. It's like a really popular thing right now. Like, oh, well, I'm not popular apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like not believe in it, or like, are you skeptical, or is it just like? Yeah, it just doesn't bring me any any happiness or mm-hmm. value. What, Have what? you heard about like birth charts and stuff? So basically, like, no, okay, so I have no idea what that I is. keep like. I'm a Capricorn. I know that. Yeah, but it's like so the Capricorn. I think that's like your sun sign, and then you have like um, a whole host of signs. It's like your sun sign, your moon sign, rising sign. Um, then you have like a sign for like basically what the stars look like at the minute that you were born, and that's supposed to tell you about like who you are as a person. That's kind. Of, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean. I would look into it. It's, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. It's just as credible as any religion or philosophy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they try to say it's like, um, kind of like economics where it's a study of things that have happened in the past and trying to make a trend out of like how these different elements relate to each other as they relate, as you relate, I guess. Yeah. How these different elements relate to each other, I guess these components of your personality, like you're talking about inputs and outputs earlier, like these, this constellation is like an input into who you are, apparently. That's interesting. I mean, uh, it doesn't like sound like it's for me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that some people get meaning out of it. How do you want to be proposed to? So if somebody was going to propose to you. Ooh, I'd want to be surprised. I really like surprises. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. Just FYI, in case you're thinking. <laughs> uh, and I definitely would think it would be fun if it were on a trip. Okay. Specifically outside of the country, I think that'd be a lot mm-hmm. more fun. Like, would in, you want it to be like in front of other people or just like by yourself? In front of strangers, I'd want to be in front of strangers. Oh, really? Fun. Like, would you say? I mean, I don't know. I'd be fine if it were alone too. I'm just saying. Okay. You know, it would be. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be in front of people that I know. That's for sure. Wait, why? I well. That's interesting. Know. Most people, I feel like, if they wanted people around, they'd want like their close family members or like close friends or something. I don't. I, mean, I just would. I think I'd feel embarrassed because the I girls was, proposing to you. No, no, no. If I just if being in front of friends and family, I would feel like like uh, bashful. I guess. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I have no problems with uh, with uh, a woman proposing to okay. a man. Uh, I mean, my yeah. I, Marriage as a concept is a little ridiculous anyway, so... Yeah. I guess, I don't know, I, like, not even, like, that I want to get married, like, that bad, or, like, that it's... Yeah, so, what am I trying to say? If I were to get married, I feel like I wouldn't be able to, um, propose to the person I was dating. I feel like that's always been something that I wanted for myself, so, like... I don't know. Especially, like, in heterosexual relationships, I feel like it's, like, seen as, like, the man's job. Yeah. Well, personally, I think there's, like, a lot of things wrong with that. Well, yeah. Gender roles and shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yes. In short, gender roles and shit. (laughs) But, uh, like, also, like, marriage itself is, like, somewhat an extension of patriarchy. 
Uh, that's yeah. And then true. when you like, or when it's the man's quote unquote job to propose, and it's unusual for the woman to, that's like a further extension of marriage. An equal gender balance. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's just my feelings on it. But mm-hmm. if I mean, you know, there's nothing at the end of the day. Your own personal happiness is the most important thing. Yeah. So. If you want a man to propose to you, I, I hope he does. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hope don't. we don't have to. I, let, don't. I hope you don't have to ask him to. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I don't want to be proposed to at all. I mean, not at all. But like, if I were to get married, I'd want it to be very spontaneous. Like, like um, Joe Jonas and I forgot Sophie Turner. I think I they like got Joe married. Jo- what, who is that? Is that Joe Jonas or is that Kevin or? You talk, is that like the Jonas Brothers? Yeah. Okay. One of them just got married, like in Vegas, like proposed with like a ring pop like something like it was just like oh well let's get married tomorrow and like now he's married you know like that sounds like a lot of fun i feel like that's what i would want i wouldn't want like an actual engagement Hmm. i feel like engagement is weird to me because it's like why are we like planning to be together for the rest of our lives instead of just being together for the rest of our lives like why do we have this like weird middle gray area of like relationship status i guess Right, might as well just get married. Yeah. It's like if you say you want to marry me, you know? Let's do it. <laughs> I guess maybe part of it is that uh, you want time to invite all the people you want to invite. Oh, yeah, I see it, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's probably also some weird reason but behind the, like, if you looked at the history of engagement, it's probably yeah. some really weird fucked up shit. Like, someone had to get the dowry to someone else in a certain amount of time Yeah, or exactly. Like, the bank closes at five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so on the opposite side of that... How would you want someone to break up with you? Uh, just like clearly and succinctly. Okay, just nip it in the bud. Yeah. In person, yeah. like. Yeah, in person communication is important for me. Mm-hmm. Just in general, not just in that situation. But yeah. I, I think there's nothing. You know, better than nothing. Nothing can replace in person communication. Interesting. It's like. Do you like use um. I don't know. I feel like there are two types of people in the world. People who can like communicate with phones like all the time and people who like hate phones. I hate phones. But like why? It's I, I know you're saying like the um in-person communication. Well, it's so much is important it's, it's such a richer form of communication. Mm-hmm. There's body language, there's tone, there's uh, eye contact, there's uh inflection in the voice. I mean, there's just so much that you get in person. Yeah. What about FaceTime? So yeah, so FaceTime, you get that. some of those, but you don't really get body language as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in-person communication, you know, yeah, I, I want to be able to like actually feel the person that I'm with, you yeah. know, like, like feel their presence. Does that like make uh, it difficult for you? Like if um, you can't be in person, like with like someone that you're like friends with or in a relationship with? Like, do, do you, like, feel that difficulty when they're not around? Like, or you haven't seen them in a while, or you haven't been able to, like, sit down and have a conversation with them? Usually I just forget about them. Well, shit. I don't mean that in a bad <laughs> way. No, I don't mean that... I don't mean that as, like, a, you know... Uh, they don't deserve to be in my brain. I'm just saying, like... You know, it's, yeah. if they're not physically there, with me, yeah. I'm just kind of, you know... Wow. Just not there. Yeah. Just don't think about it. Okay. I'm, like, completely opposite, because, like... I have, like, I guess, like, an, an alarm that goes off in my head when I'm just like, damn, I haven't seen this person in a while. I need to text them, you know? I guess that happens to me every once in a while, but not not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is part of the reason that I, I try as much as I can to see people. Yeah. Because, like, 
to me, physically being with someone is like the the foundations of a friendship or a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's how you actually get to know each other. Yeah, I um, agree. I just feel like the phone connects the gap between that time. Yeah, I mean it can. I also just don't find texting very fun. Mm, I guess it's just a different form of communication. Memes. Maybe I should try sharing memes with more people. Yeah, you know, I do does, that. that. Sharing that memes is really funny. Yeah. And fun. But, yeah. And, and so part of, I mean, part of my problem with non-in-person communication is that when you communicate with people via text or via email, a lot of people, I mean, I think to some extent I'm one of them and I... So I think other people feel the same way or do this do this subconsciously you like create this like person in your mind that isn't necessarily mm. that so you're you, you only have this like one one dimensional way of communication you yeah. just have text and so like people in my opinion people's brains have a tendency to like romanticize or apply other features to the person that aren't that isn't necessarily coming through text Mm -hmm. uh i mean they could be could be bad features it could be or it could be romanticizing like you're saying like there's so much more to a person than than what they type yeah and i feel like the 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 brain wants that more and so it just invents it yeah i see Um, um i understand that I feel like for me, like I am like a very like in-person type of person, but I also like, like I was saying, like I can deal with like, just like texting, but it's like when I'm first meeting someone, I feel like I don't want to, like you're saying, I don't want to text you too much. Cause like, I don't want to create the vision of you in my mind. And like when we meet, it's like your vibe is completely off. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. So would you ever do like online dating or like, could you ever do online dating? Yeah. I've done online dating. Oh, okay. But to me, like. And yeah, I mean, I guess dating is a little bit different because if you haven't met before, you do have to kind of like, you know, to the best degree possible, get to know each get to know each other yeah. via messages. Uh, but yeah, I mean, online dating to me is really just supposed to be an avenue towards actual dating. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that you could like date someone and live in a different state than them? No. Yeah, I couldn't do it either. I feel like I need to like... Unless that state were D.C. and Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I feel like I need to see the person I'm dating at least like... At least once a week. At least. At the absolute least. What's your favorite job that you've had? Um, well, we've already talked about when I got to, to do that stuff in Portland about the minimum yeah. wage. So uh, I'll choose a different one. For about two years... I got to work at this place called Serenity House. Okay. Serenity House was a residential treatment facility for people with, well, residential treatment facility for housing insecure people with substance abuse disorders. Oh, wow. Um, So for the most part, these are people who have been living on the streets for months or even years at a time, uh, found their way to some kind of homeless shelter, and then were able to get into this six-month treatment program for whatever... Uh, ailment substance they were addicted to mm-hmm. um and i was uh i mean frankly i was a, a glorified you know attendant and i didn't really do much besides just be there all the time to make sure no one was doing anything stupid yeah <laughs> and no one was leaving no one no one was leaving when they shouldn't be leaving yeah um she like a babysitter basically i mean y- yes but i don't want to use the babysitter because like you know these were full-grown adults yeah and, 
they needed some guidance, but they weren't children. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was a really re- re- rewarding experience. Uh, and, you know, I, I learned a lot from that job. Uh, really learned how to communicate better because uh, I, although, you know, in my official position, I, I wasn't, you know, tasked with doing these things. These guys would always come to me for, you know, advice or guidance on issues. And even though at the time I was 23, 24, and they were 40, 45 years old, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, through talking with these people about you know, what they'd been through in their lives uh, and how they saw the world, I was able to, to learn a lot. Um, and also, I think I was able to have a positive impact on on many of their, or at, mm. least, or at least some of their lives. Yeah. Uh, there are, uh, you know, just as there are a few of them that still cross my mind from time to time, I'm mm-hmm. sure for them, I still cross their mind from time yeah. to time. Uh, and I hope that I made a difference, and mm-hmm. I feel like I did. Cool. Do you ever think about getting involved in something like that in D.C.? I have. Um, and, you know, this is, this is one of those moments where I just wish that my family members would just decide to move to D.C. Because we have this weird thing where... Uh, I, I worked at that place for two years. Mm-hmm. My, uh, brother-in-law worked at a similar place for two and a half for, for much longer, for five years plus. Yeah. Her sister, my, uh, her, uh, wife, my sister, yeah. uh, is now the, uh, coordinator for, uh, sh- a number of shelters in Boston. Mm-hmm. My other sister is a, um, youth trauma therapist. Oh, wow. Uh, my other sister uh, Ash is a, um, well, they were, so they worked in, they worked in, in substance abuse disorder field broadly for a little while. I can't remember, but, but they work in a very similar field as well. So all three of my sisters, uh, basically work in human services for people that are like marginalized or, or homeless or, um, abusing substances or, or, or traumatized in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I feel a little weird saying this, but my my brother is one of those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he has struggled with uh, drug addiction basically his entire life, mm-hmm. and so it is uh, you know very important work that my sisters do. And I think the, if they were here, my brother and them, between the five of us, all of us very hardworking, very dedicated to to service, we could we could figure out something to do here. Yeah, like start like your own like business or something. Well, not a business. Non-profit, like a, um, some non-profit, kind of non-profit. Because, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a need in D.C. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people, you know, who are living on the streets, so many people who are addicted to drugs mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, if they had the resources, they, you know, and some guidance, uh, you know, they could be healthy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there should be more of that in D.C. There's yeah. not enough of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just for example, the, the D.C. general is getting torn down. Yeah. Uh, it was getting torn down because they wanted to put Amazon there. <laughs> uh, and there's not enough resources for those people. And I think uh, if you can, you know, there's so much money in the city. Yeah. So much money. It, Literally. We, it, we're, we're basically Rome. We are the, <laughs> we are the capital of the imperialist country of our, of our age. Yeah. And yet there is so much destitute poverty here. How can so much extreme wealth coincide with, with so much extreme poverty? And 
I would love to be able to make a difference doing that. Um, it's just difficult when you're not plugged into that network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if my siblings were here, we could do something, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty great. Amazing. Yeah. One thing that I thought about like recently volunteering for was like Planned Parenthood or something. Cause I was like watching this video on Twitter today about this guy who just like, you know, like they need like people to like, um, escort, um, women into the facilities because people are like harassing them. Um, and like watching that video was like really moving. I'm like, damn, like I should probably like do something a little more. Cause I do volunteer at, um, like some places, um, you know, helping out with the community and everything. But I feel like this is something that's like really prevalent right now, especially like with like right, the, the pro-choice versus yeah, pro-life yeah, yeah, yeah. um, argument. Is that in, in DC you saw that happening? What? The video of people needing to get ex- escorted in? No, this was in um, North Carolina, I think. Oh. It was somewhere in the South. Oh, no, actually, it might have been Alabama. No, I think it was Alabama. But it was like, it's it was like these videos, like they really get to me like... Um, I just don't understand how people could like look at someone going through something and decide to be so evil like that. You know, like this is someone made, making like a really tough decision for themselves. Maybe it's not a tough decision for some people, but for some people, they don't want to do this. They have to. So yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're angry people. Yeah. Like just in general, they're. <laughs> yeah. I guess we should wrap this up on this on this note. How did um, we end up talking about politics the whole time? You know, you because I, you love politics. No, before no, before <laughs> this interview, you and I were both saying how annoying politics was. Yeah. But we ended up talking about it. Well, I think it's an important thing to talk about these days. Yeah. As much as I like, hate talking about it, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate the I hate the politics like um, the politics of like uh, sensation, mm-hmm. and the politics of like the the twenty four hours news cycle where it's like oh yeah oh what did like so and so tweet today or like guess who farted on the plane whatever yeah you know? yeah like the politics that like we really should be paying attention to is like community organizing mm-hmm. and like fighting power yeah like that's like the real politics all the, all the other stuff is like a distraction you know yeah like the stuff over abortion is really a struggle over power yeah it's like the power of women to choose their own bodies and the power of rich white men to say they can't and like that's like that's a real struggle not you know someone like tweeted something dumb today yeah yeah Um, i mean i I think that we're getting to the point where we're seeing how important it is to be like involved in politics even though i don't know it's weird i feel like back in the day like nobody used to talk about oh i'm a democrat i'm a republican like i was like in between jobs i was like working for a call center and i like it was like a political survey and i was like are you i have to ask are you a democrat or a republican and people would be like i don't want to disclose that and it's like I didn't even realize that was a thing that people didn't choose to disclose. Yeah, well, now, now I don't know when, when I didn't know you used to do that. Yeah, it was like it was like for a very brief moment. When did yeah. you? That's well, so you know that like that consulting job I have now, I like I'm the the one who does like the weighting of that data. Oh no, that's cool. Yeah, oh, like cool. the statistical weighting. Yeah. So like that guy is gonna be the guy like the my friend. He's gonna be the manager of the people making those calls. Oh, word. And then he's, he's going to send me the results of those calls. Word. And I'm going to, like, put them into statistical models. Okay, like, yeah. 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 That's cool. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, it was, like, it was an interesting job. <laughs> you must have gotten some weird opinions. Definitely. <laughs> um, I mean, most people just don't want to talk to you in general, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's uh, wrap this up, Oh, I yeah, guess. right. Um, do you have any questions for me? Oh, 
Yeah, well, I talked the whole time, huh? <laughs> um, so I guess what, what inspired you to do this? Um, people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like, I like um, meeting people. I like talking to people, sitting down, having conversations. Yeah, like we were talking about like how important like face-to-face communication is. Right. So um, I told this story a lot. Like I think I've told this story on like the past three podcasts where it's like I started going to like happy hour and like sitting down next to people and just talking to them, exchanging ideas, like perspectives. Um, and then I was like, well... I wish I could share these conversations and this is kind of like my outlet to do that. I guess like just an outlet to get people to meet more people, to connect, you know, like people together. Like, yeah. Cool. That's my mission. <laughs> well, it's really fun. I, well, I'm glad I got to meet some of your friends and family. Yeah. You know, speaking of that. Yeah. Your brother's really cool. I Thank like you. him a lot. <laughs> um, what, uh, what are you going to do this weekend? This what are you going to do Memorial Weekend? I don't even know. I don't have, like, any plans. I guess technically it'll be last weekend by the time um, everybody hears this. But I don't know. I want crabs because I'm from Maryland. So oh, that's crabs. what we do. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I had crabs last weekend and now I want some That kind of crabs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, um, blue crabs. Mm-hmm. But I have no plans. Um, just catching up with, I need to catch up with a lot of people, honestly. So probably just doing that. Cool. Um, so crabs, crabs for Memorial Day weekend. Um, oh, would you ever live abroad? Oh man, I don't know. What? I don't know, cause my family's here. Like, I, I mean, I don't like, mean for the rest of your life, but for a few yeah, years, would you live abroad? I, I would. I, I when I went to Paris. I love that city. I shouldn't have left. <laughs> um, but I feel like I wouldn't move abroad. Um, I feel like I could live there for a couple months. Like, not like... I guess, like, that's moving abroad. But, like, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. I have too much of an infrastructure here, you know? Oh, come on. You could make, <laughs> you, you make friends so easily. I know, but, you could, like... You could walk down my street... <laughs> Middle of like suburban <laughs> Southeast DC and meet somebody and make friends, best friends in like five minutes. Yeah. But I don't know. It's comfortable here, you know, just bought a house. So just trying to, oh, I, well, I don't know, like my Hold mind on. Yeah. Just like, ignore that part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you ask me the same question, I'd say, yeah, if I didn't live, own a house, of course, yeah. of course I'd live abroad. Well, that's my answer. I would definitely live abroad, mm-hmm. but. But actually the only place I've been like abroad, I guess, like, you know, across the water is to Paris. So that's like my only favorite reference. And yeah, I would live there. I'd definitely live there. Um, but not for long. So, okay. yeah. I've only been uh, across the pond once too. Where? Actually. Hungry. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Good times. I, I would definitely <laughs> live abroad. For sure. Yeah. Um, In Iran? Oh, anywhere. Sure. Yeah. I guess like I wouldn't live in... I wouldn't live in Yemen. I wouldn't live in North Korea. That's pretty much it. I wouldn't okay. for... Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Oh, oh. Um, do you like to dance? Not really. Unless what? I'm like really? really drunk, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I'm dancing, take me home. Like... <laughs> Um, why, why did you, uh, decide to buy a house? Why? Um, 
Well, I was living with my parents for like two or two and a half years after college. I'm so jealous. You must have saved so much money. Yeah. Yeah. That's like part of the reason why I was able to afford it. Um, also the support of my family. Um, but because I didn't want to rent, basically, um, I guess I could have got a condo or something, but those didn't seem as worth it, like as an investment. Um, so it seemed like naturally like buying a house, like my grandfather, he's always been like, kind of like pushing like, oh, buy, you know, like buy, 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 don't rent. Like, what are you renting for? So that's pretty much like, I guess the reason your house is immaculate. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. They did a good job um, redoing it. I wish it was near a metro so I could, so I could metro there. But it kind of is. Well, it's like a 20 minute walk. I'm not okay. Doing, yeah. I'm yeah. Not it's doing, like a mile. I'm not but doing, yeah. Like, we can drive to each other really fast. Though. Yeah. We're like, like we're like a 10 like, minute drive yeah. from each other, which is nice. And you're a 10 minute drive from your office. Yeah. That's the nicest part. But yeah. Mm. Do you like to write? Um, I used to. Actually, I used to really like creative writing. I took creative writing in high school, and I wrote some like really cool stories. I actually told um, one of the stories um, on a previous podcast um, about like this poem I wrote about a sandwich, and um, it was like this one year we had like either you recite a poem or you write your own poem to recite, and you just have to do that in front of the class. Um, and so I wrote a poem about a sandwich and I'm like looking at this picture and I'm like talking about how being in love with like someone presumably. Um, and then I turn the picture around. It's a picture of a sandwich. And I just start describing like this sandwich and like how much it means to me. And yeah, that's one of my favorite, um, writings, poems that I've ever written. I feel like on a certain level, you're, you're a bit of a, a romantic. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to get married. No, I, I feel that I am. Yeah. I like to love. I like to be loved. <laughs> I used to be one, uh, a romantic, somewhat, oh, really? of a, somewhat of a hopeless one. Yeah. And then I grew out of it, I guess. <laughs> no, I guess you have to eventually, right? I just, or maybe I just grew calloused, I guess, is another way yeah. of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, do you have any other questions? Oh, do you like, uh, like performing in front of people in any way, like singing or poetry or dancing or music? No. Do you get like kicks out of that? No. Not at all. Actually, I'm like, I was really shy until basically like college. Um, I like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I feel like I would like it, but I like the one-on-one um, conversation better than no, like the one be... in front of a whole bunch of people. I'm like not good at like no. speeches unless like we're about to take a shot. Like, um, <laughs> I bet, so, I bet if you if you pushed yourself out there, you'd be really good. I bet I bet too. Honestly, I should I should look into doing things like that. Um, people oh, say yeah. I have a great voice. So. You do improv. <laughs> you could try uh, like yeah. taking an improv class or something. Maybe that would be really, yeah. I've always wanted Actually, to do that. Okay, I'd be down. Honestly, yeah, yeah let's do I it. I keep wanting to. They do uh, <laughs> the same people. You know those free improv shows on Fourteenth uh, Street no well there are okay at that theater right next to el centro that every tuesday night they do free improv shows oh weird. i didn't know that the same group that does those also offers improv classes okay and it's like not super expensive either yeah all right i'd be interested okay well i guess we should um oh do i get to plug my social media now yeah if you have any social media you want to share then well hold on it. I, i'm so i'm so bad at twitter that i have to look it up on my phone oh i got so twitter 
I have all of uh, 44 followers. Ooh. <laughs> Let's get to 46 by Tuesday. Oh, yeah. All the six people. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, at Havlin Michael. That is H-A-V as in Victor, L-I-N Michael. At Havlin okay. Michael. That's my Twitter. If you want to see some awesome pictures, you can find me at Travlin underscore Havlin on Instagram. Cool. Travlin with no G. Just traveling. Okay. Got it. Um, do you have any projects that you're working on that you want to share with anybody? Um, sure, yeah. I'm working on a pretty cool project right now. Uh, I'm in this data science um, certificate program at Georgetown, and me and my teammates are trying to develop a model that can take... Um, a Yelp review, like the textual review, the actual comment, and predict what its star rating would be. So we have a, a data set of 6 million reviews, and we're doing natural language processing with some machine learning algorithms to uh, try and basically classify a, a, a text review into a star rating. Cool. Um, I know a lot of Yelpers, so <laughs> maybe we can we'll run, to, run we'll our reviews. We'll have to test them yeah. out. We'll have to test them out. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Right now, that's that's my only project. I don't. Okay. Uh, it doesn't really. It's not really an inspiring project, but it is. <laughs> it is fun to work on because yeah, learning no. a lot. Thank you for being here, first of all. Um, Thank and, you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Um, if you guys would like to follow the podcast, you can do that at NTMY Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you would like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Search for Nice to Meet You and click on the blue logo. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week.